0: Good morning, welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the award-winning Rainbow Radio, The Real Gay Agenda, the only gay-themed program of its kind in the Carolinas. This is a weekly program for gay and straight people by gay and straight people, and it's presented by the Harriet Hancock Community Center. I'm your weekly host, Bruce Converse. My co-host this morning is also our engineer, Adrian Zongroen. Good morning, Adrian.
1: Good morning, Bruce. This morning, our show is being made possible by the Harriet Hancock Community Center. Your history, your hope, your home.
0: This morning we're going to be talking to Atlanta, Georgia City Councilman Alex Wan. But first, let's look at what's happened in the news lately as well as what's coming up. In international
1: news, it appears that after the London Olympics, more than 40% of the out LGBT athletes took home medals, a better medal-winning percentage than Team USA. Outsports.com, a website dedicated to LGBT issues in sports, provided in-depth coverage of the Olympics including tallying 23 out Olympians from around the world. Outsports.com co-founder Sid Ziegler said, if Team Gay was a country, it would have finished 31st overall with seven medals, tied with Mexico, Ethiopia, and the Republic of Georgia. The last Australian state to decriminalize homosexuality back in 1997 is set to become the first state in the world to specifically protect intersex people from discrimination in a planned overhaul of Tasmania's Anti-Discrimination Act that will also benefit transsexual and transgender people. Those people who would be considered intersex are people that have physical or genetic characteristics that are not wholly male or female, and those who would be considered transgender are those who identify with a sex other than the one with which they were born.
0: Under existing laws, if transgender and intersex people experience discrimination in Tasmania, they can only take a case under the limited term, quote, transsexuality, which is labeled as a sexual orientation rather than a gender identity. In the proposed amendments to the Tasmanian Anti-Discrimination Act, transsexuality will be grouped with the term transgender as gender identities. Since decriminalization of homosexuality took place in 1997, Tasmania has become one of the most progressive states on LGBT rights issues, repeatedly re electing the country's first openly gay party leader and only narrowly missing out on becoming the first Australian state to legalize same gender marriage earlier this year. And finally, in international news, a Canadian artist's two week long live recreation of Sleeping Beauty was featured through early September of this year at Ukraine's National Art Museum in Kiev with an unexpected outcome five women have been chosen to fall asleep daily and by single contact to agree to marry the first man who awakened them with a single kiss thus to witness the birth of love according to the artist only one woman woke during the exhibit but since that payoff kiss was applied by a female gallery goer the contract could not be fulfilled in that ukraine forbids same gender marriage
1: in national news Following up on its recent decision to sell equality-minded t-shirts that benefit a gay rights group, Target is now selling cards for same-gender weddings. Made by a unit of American Greetings, the cards bear the titles Mr. and Mr. and Women Love and are not available at some Target stores. Target representatives say the cards are reflective of their appreciation for diversity and inclusivity. In South Carolina news, on Saturday, November 17th, the Palmetto Transgender Association will hold the annual Transgender Day of Remembrance. It will be held on the north side of the South Carolina Capitol at Gervais and Maine, starting at 7 p.m. The Palmetto Transgender Association is a statewide nonprofit network of transgender organizations, support groups in Augusta, Charleston, Columbia, Greenville, and Myrtle Beach, and their allies. Stay with us. In just a moment, we will be talking to Atlanta, Georgia City Council member Alex Juan. So stay tuned here to Rainbow Radio.
2: Hey everybody, it's Leslie Jordan. You may know me from Will and Grace. You may know me... From as Brother Boy and Sorted Lives, and you're listening to Rainbow Radio.
1: Welcome back to Rainbow Radio. This morning we have as our guest, Atlanta City Council member Alex Wan. Alex was educated at Georgia Institute of Technology, where he earned a Bachelor of Industrial Engineering. In 1988, he began his very prolific and successful career with the Prudential Investment Corporation's Corporate Finance Group. In 1990... Alex relocated to Atlanta and joined Prudential's real estate and acquisition team as an investment analyst. He attended the prestigious Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania in 1993, where he earned a Master of Business Administration degree with a concentration in finance. Starting in 1993, he served as president of Optima Incorporated, an architecture engineering consulting firm, and by 2001, he was attending the Minority Business Executive Program at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College.
0: Over the years, Alex has been presented with numerous awards for his service to his community. In 1997, Georgia Trend Magazine, in their 40 Under 40, named him as a rising star, and in 2004, he was named the Best and -and Up-and-Coming Activist by Southern Voice, Best of Gay Atlanta. In 2005, Alex was given the Philip Rush Award by Youth Pride for his exemplary support of youth in Georgia. And in 2008, he was named Outstanding Federal Club Co-Chair Team of a large federal club by the Human Rights Campaign. In 2007, 2010, and again in 2011, he was listed as one of the 25 most influential Asian Americans in Georgia. In 2009, Alex began serving as Director of Development of Jerusalem House Incorporated, providing a permanent supportive housing for families affected by HIV AIDS in Atlanta. And along with serving as a council member on the Atlanta City Council, Alex is currently the Director of Development for Emory University Libraries, which holds more than 3.7 million print and electronic volumes and over 56,000 e-journal titles with those impressive credentials it's an honor to welcome Alex juan to our show so good morning alex and welcome to rainbow radio
2: good morning thank you it's a pleasure to be here
0: tell us a little about your growing up uh... where was it and what about your family your mom dad any brothers or sisters
2: sure um... i grew up in atlanta right, well just outside of atlanta in stone mountain georgia um, my parents I emigrated to the United States in the mid-60s. Uh, my father's from Taiwan, and my mother is from Singapore. Uh, they met in college in Taiwan and, uh, and moved to uh, Columbia, South Carolina, where I was born in the early 70s. Um, I'm sorry, I was, I was born in the late 60s there. Uh, we moved to Atlanta in the early 70s. I have one older sister. Uh, she is married and has three kids. She lives in Atlanta as well, about uh, less than five miles from where I, where I live now um, that's kind of my story.
1: Do you remember when you first started thinking when you were growing up that you liked boys a little bit differently than the girls?
2: <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, when I was thinking back to TV shows and, and the ones that I remember the most, and, uh, I don't know, for some reason, recently the conversation has come up, but I, I think the first one I re- really remember was, uh, man from Atlantis with Patrick Duffy. Um, I think it's just because of the, the Dallas reruns or just thinking back on that. But, um, I think it was around then that I, I just kind of realized, all right, there's, there's something different about me.
0: When did you come out to yourself? When did you admit to yourself that you were gay?
2: Um, at, you know, I came out and then went back in the closet again, as I, I'm sure most folks did. But it was uh, 1990, um, November, September, November. So, uh, it was right around that time. So uh, I've been out for for quite a, quite a while now.
1: Uh, how was the reaction from uh, your family and friends?
2: You know, I, I, I told my sister first, um, and she was uh, completely cool with it. It was just more of a non-event than anything else. I remember we talked, we, were, we went to lunch, and uh, kind of halfway through lunch, I said, um, um, I've got something to tell you. And she said, what? I said, I'm gay. And she goes, okay. And then we just kind of moved on to the next topic. <laughs> um, and it was great. I mean, it's exactly how you want the um, situation to, to go. Um, didn't tell my parents for a couple more years, and it was just my sister and I would talk about it whether or not we thought uh how we thought it would go and um I kind of made a a promise to myself that I would do it before I turned 30 um just as kind of a deadline and um sat them down and and told them I really thought uh, my mother would be fine with it and that my dad may uh, would perhaps struggle with it and it was exactly the other way around uh, other way around um, my dad textbook answer that that you'd want from a father about you know, we're still our son we love you and Um, this doesn't change anything. Um, my mother was very quiet about it and, uh, took her a few months, but come to find out it wasn't so much about my being gay that, that troubled her. It was more that, um, she was sad the way I told her. I mean, I think she felt like I was coming to them with some disappointing news and that I had let them down somehow. And, and she said it was not that way at all. And I just didn't understand how I'd raised, um, you to Think that we would react any differently. So, I, you know, all in all, it was a great experience. Um, no issues at all.
0: I had the same response from my family. I thought my mom would take it well, and my dad would have a problem, but it was the other way around. So, uh, it's hard hard to gauge what parents will do. So,
2: exactly, you think you know them, and uh, they always are constantly surprising you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's part of being parents, I think. That's part exactly, of exactly, exactly yeah. in their handbook, right? Yep. Yep. When did you decide that you wanted to be a leader in the in the community, serving and as an example for those that uh, someday aspire to further causes such as you've done? Um, when did you yeah. pick up that public image that you wanted to portray?
2: Yeah, that's such a funny question because I, I in looking back, I, the path seems clearer clearer to me now. Um, but at the time, I mean, I I, I really I feel like I'm a, an accidental elected official. I I don't know that I'll ever really purposely envision myself in an elected position um, I've always been very very active um, in my community I was you know elected to school uh, senior council in high school and was engaged in uh, different uh, a lot of different civic organizations growing up volunteerism was always a big part of um, mine and my sister's uh, upbringing um, but I, g- I guess you know you you Join organizations because you have these visions of how you want your community to be and what you want, you hope for your city to be. Um, And after a while, I guess I found that I was reaching a kind of a ceiling. That the vision that I had for my community was, if I really wanted to make any sort of major changes, um, it was not going to be or continue to be in these roles, leadership roles, with uh, small. Service organizations or or nonprofits, and if I really believed in what I wanted to, to the change I wanted to um, affect, that I'd have to put myself out there even further and run for political office. And uh, um, the first time I ran, I was not successful. Um, and that was interesting, though, because uh, it what that did was it put me on um, the radar of some other community leaders and who afforded me other opportunities, and then when the, my current position became open and I decided to run, I think it really helped pave the way uh, for that successful campaign. But, you know, it really is just more a desire to, to see my city, my community, my neighborhood um, be better than it is, uh, be as much as it can be, really, uh, and, and that I, I want to be a part of that, um, that change.
1: Uh, was your ethnicity or sexuality ever a talking point in either of those campaigns?
2: Well, when I ran the first time, um, you know that that was—it's interesting. Right? When I told my family I wanted to run for office, uh, my dad's first reaction was, "I." This was in two thousand four. Um, he made the comment to me. He's like, "Yeah, I, I'm not really sure Atlanta's ready yet," um, and I—I uh, yeah, I, it wasn't so much about. Uh, Mine being Asian, uh, because there were other Asian ele- uh, elected officials that we knew. Um, it was more about being gay. And uh, it was through that campaign where uh, I think he just realized that uh, in, in a city like Atlanta, as progressive as particularly the in town neighborhoods are, um, it was a non issue. Um, in my campaign, that first time, there was only, I was prepared for the worst, um, because you just never know. It's always. A little nerve-wracking when you're going knocking door to door, going door to door and canvassing what uh... what you might encounter. Um, but I only had one incident where um, I knocked on a door. An old woman opened it. She said, "Why don't you come sit with me on the porch?" And I said, "Great." So we started talking, and she goes, I, "I know I'm familiar with you. I know that you've been you're running. I know your information. Um, I want to talk about how you're an abomination in God's eyes," and I looked at her and i said ma'am we're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one and if unless there are any other issues you'd like to talk about then i probably should be on my way um but that was the only time Mm. Uh, that that was it
0: Oh, that's fortunate so uh this morning we're talking to alex juan council member on the atlanta georgia city council and we'll continue our discussion with alex in just a few moments here on rainbow radio The Harriet Hancock Community Center is located at 1108 Woodrow Street here in Columbia. The center is home to the South Carolina Gay and Lesbian Pride Movement, the same group that brings you Rainbow Radio each week. It also provides meeting space for many local groups, including Outsmart, a Stitch and Bitch social club, and several community support groups. The center also houses the Sam Nichols Memorial Library, a lending library of books, films, and other media resources. The center is a valuable resource for the GLBT community and to those new to the Midlands area. Through its website, it also is the first point of entry to the GLBT community for those moving into the state.
1: The Harriet Hancock Community Center receives more than 600 phone calls a year from people all around the state of South Carolina looking for GLBT friendly doctors, legal assistants, religious counselors, local entertainment, and bars. Come on in and see what the center has to offer. It's staffed by GLPM board members and volunteers on Sundays from 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. and is located at 1108 Woodrow Street in Columbia. Or give them a call anytime at 803 771 7713 and someone will get back to you. The Harriet Hancock Community Center, your history, your hope, your home.
0: Welcome back to Rainbow Radio. This morning we're talking to Alex Wan, council member on the Atlanta, Georgia City Council, and we were talking about your running for the council seat, and you've only been a member of the uh, Atlanta City Council since 2010. What kind of influence did you hope to bring to the council, and have you been successful, even partially?
2: Well, when I ran um, the, the year that I was running for city council, the city's financial condition was in, in pretty bad straits. Um, we were broke. Um, we had uh, shrunk our reserves down um, to balance budgets uh, down to $7 million, and, and it just really wasn't a sustainable situation. Uh, our, our credit ratings were were, were declining. Um, and that's really what I ran on is I really wanted to bring some more fiscal conservatism to the uh, to council and and really take a hard financial um, look at the city and make sure that we, we turn that ship uh, I have to say that with uh, the leadership of the mayor um, as well as this current council we've been very successful um, our reserves are now well over a hundred million dollars in just two and a half short years um, our credit ratings have stabilized and even improved in some situations um, and uh city services have improved um dramatically and, and city service delivery has improved dramatically. So um the things that I, I wanted to do and I wanted to be a part of, I, I feel like uh the dialogue that the the council created with the administration and with the community um has been successful. Um we still have some work to do. Uh, I won't deny that, but um we definitely have uh changed the direction of that the ship was heading in uh into the positive. So I'm quite proud of that.
1: Now, you also serve as an active member of several Asian leadership groups. Uh, do any of these groups cross paths with the fight for LGBT equality, and how does that go?
2: You know, that's a great, that's a really great question. Um, not until, I think, last year um, did I really start to see more crossover or or collaboration. That's probably a better word. Um, last year, the Democratic Party in Georgia would, uh, endorsed or... or um, Authorized the formation of for the first time an LGBT caucus and within the party um that same year also uh, created the Asian American caucus within the party as well. And it's really through that vehicle that uh, uh, the two worlds have kind of come together, at least for me and where I've been able to see it. Uh, the The interesting part of Atlanta's demographic is that the Asian population is mostly in the suburbs uh, of the metropolitan area. Uh, Within the city, like within my district, uh, the population percentage is less than 5%. Um, So the Asian community and the LGBT population kind of operate in bubbles and don't necessarily uh, intersect as much as uh, perhaps in other cities. Um, But I think there's a recognition that um, there is absolutely... Uh, a number of collaboration opportunities um, to have a stronger political voice um, in, uh, the, in what happens in Georgia, and um, I'm excited to see that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about the Chinese American community? You mentioned they're mostly in the suburbs as a whole. How do they generally view LGBT people and their fight for equality?
2: Um it's been surprisingly positive. Um I think that was one of the th- other things that in my first campaign that my parents were a little nervous about. Uh, I have to tell you that I was really really proud of my mother. I, I completely unbeknownst to me um and un uh, pushed by me. Um when I uh, before I announced that I was going to run, um she made a point to go out to all of her friends and say, "Look, my son is running." um... At that point, not all of the uh, their close friends or our family's close friends knew that I was gay, um, and she essentially just sat down with each one of them, one at a time, and said, yeah, "He's gay. We're very proud of him, and uh, I we're hoping that you will continue to support him, because the Asian community in Atlanta has always wanted uh, more political representation, and had looked to me um, and a, a couple of other people my age uh, as we were growing up as potential candidates." at that point looking into the future. Um, that said, uh, you know, we were remarkably surprised um, at the response that she got. Um, it was overwhelmingly positive. Um, there you know, were maybe a handful of folks that, that struggled with it or um, just said, you know, that's great, but we're, we're not in a position in, in to be able to support them. But for the most part, um, it has been a non-issue.
1: Would you say that the asian american community as a whole is uh tends to be more reluctant to come out
2: oh uh, that's a that's a good question i i really i don't know um i hope so i mean i think um you know the fact that i've been out in very in a very public way for eight years now and and there has not been an issue um particularly you know in the news or anything that that um that would discourage anyone or give any reason or anyone pause to come out. Um, but I also think it's just society. I mean, I think the nation as a whole is progressing. Um, the, the South, Atlanta, Georgia, being a very conservative state, still is progressing. I mean, we're, we're making inroads every day, uh, and, and hopefully, with my public service, um, trying to help break down some of the, the mm-hmm. stereotypes that people have.
0: What can non-Asians do to try to help or encourage more Asians to come out and be proud that they are LGBT?
2: What should non-Asians do to help Asians come out? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and I have to say, Atlanta's pretty good about this as well. Um, At least the GLBT community um, has been very embracing of all minority groups, um, uh, uh, minority gay groups. Um, For example, the city of Atlanta, uh, Labor Day weekend celebrates gay, Black Gay Pride every year. Um, in the Pride Parade this year, there seemed to be a, a, a number of Asian um, GLBT organizations that were represented in it. And I think it's just a matter of making it, um, making people, folks feel welcome, uh, including them, including them in the dialogue, uh, in the conversations uh, on the issues that impact our community, um, and then really support. So, for example, yeah, supporting each other um, if there is uh a glbt asian in the news or in the public eye or in an, with in an issue that i would hope that that we would all rally around that person um, and support them
1: what are some of your goals right now what's what's left on your plate
2: <laughs> well I, you know i want to successfully cl- complete my first term um uh, and hopefully uh, next year's re-election uh, i am running again so i hope that i am uh, i uh, my re-election campaign is successful um you know personally i i i think i mentioned earlier that uh i still feel like there is some more financial work that the city needs to do um and uh i uh, i'd like to continue to be part of the team that um, not only turns the ship around and gets us to a great spot but also sets us up for for success in the future um you know right now beyond uh, just being a district council person um I don't really have any next steps or next plans. Um, but as long as the voters in District 6 continue to send me down to City Hall, I, I'm, I'm, I'd am i be thrilled to, to continue representing mm-hmm. them.
0: If you hadn't been able to accomplish all that you have already done in your life, what do you think you'd be doing now?
2: <laughs> like, you know, I really, I, I if I weren't um, in a public, uh, in an elected uh, office, uh, I really do believe I'd be in the nonprofit sector. Um, there is a personal um, sense of accomplishment and um, purpose in working in that in that space. Um, there's so much to be done. there's so many people in need and in various different issues and um, I think based on my engineering background and my business background, I think that's a skill set that um, um, the nonprofit sector still can use, um, and there's still so much work to be done. I, you know, um, if I weren't in a council role, I, I would could easily see myself in an executive director position in a nonprofit, uh, in a, in any number of causes that I believe in.
1: Do you uh, have any advice for our audience out there? Perhaps if they're part of a minority GLBT group or even not.
2: Um, you know, I, th- I think. The strongest piece of advice I can give is just be brave. Um, you know, if there are goals that you want or see for yourself or your community, um, be it in a very public role or in a not public role, uh, I know for a long time I was nervous. Um, I wasn't sure what limitations uh, by being Asian or even uh, being gay in Atlanta or in Georgia. I, I was never sure if and when that would hold me back. Um, But I have to say, looking back, and I'm glad that I never changed a path or uh, avoided a path because of concerns about um, what obstacles I might encounter. It was always just, all right, I'm just going to go try it, go for it, and if something happens, I'll deal with it then, but I'm not going to not go down a path for that reason. Um, And it's worked out well for me. I I certainly can understand situations where... um, in different parts of the country in different parts of the state in different parts of the world where uh, folks may not be as fortunate as i've been but i still don't think that's any reason not to try um, and i would hope that you know the surprises that i've had along the way um, would encourage folks to 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 take that chance um, and, and step out in a way that they might not necessarily be confident or comfortable with but if it's part of your personal ambition, you know, I just I would hate to to hear somebody who didn't live up to their potential simply because they were concerned about what their ethnicity or their um, sexual orientation um, identi- or identity may have. Had.
0: Hey, Alex Wan, council member on the Atlanta, Georgia City Council. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to spend it, a little bit of it with uh, us here on Rainbow Radio. We wish you well and whatever is ahead of you.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us this morning on Rainbow Radio, The Real Gay Agenda. And thanks goes to the Harriet Hancock Community Center, your history, your hope, your home, for bringing you today's show. And I'd also like to thank my co-host this morning, who's also been our engineer, Adrian Zongroen. Thanks, Adrian.
1: Rainbow Radio would love to hear from you. Please contact us with any show ideas, to share a commentary, suggest a guest, or just let us know what you think about our program. You can do all of that by either sending us an email to scrainbowradio at gmail.com or write to us at 1108 Woodruff Street, Columbia, South Carolina, 29205. And you can call and leave a message for us at the Harriet Hancock Community Center. The number is 803-771-7713.
0: You can listen to some of our most recent shows at the website soundcloud.com rainbow radio. And if you or any of your friends want to sponsor a show, we can tell you how to go about doing that. Again, that email address is scrainbowradio at gmail.com. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at
1: facebook.com slash rainbow radio. There you can read current news, stream new episodes, and you'll be the first to know about all the latest show updates. Or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com rainbowradiosc This show will continue as long as we have your support.
0: I know you're probably getting tired of my saying this every week, but uh, believe it or not, Rainbow Radio, the real gay agenda. We're now into our ninth year being on the air here in South Carolina. It's hard for us to believe. That's why I keep mentioning it. We couldn't have done it without each and every one of you out there, directly or indirectly, that have helped with these shows, to the Harriet Hancock Community Center, and most of all, to listeners like you, those of you out there who've been helping to keep this show on the air with your generous donations and shows of support. Believe me, you're all very much appreciated. So please continue to listen, because in the coming weeks, we'll be telling you some big news about our show, its future, its format, and its sound. So listen next week when we'll have another great show, and until then, have a terrific and a safe week.